Section sixty eight of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part sixty eight. Of the Street Sellers of Japanned Table Covers. This trade, like several others, as soon as the new commodities became in established demand and sufficiently cheap, was adopted by street sellers. It has been a regular street trade between four and five years. Previously, when the covers were dearer, the street sellers were afraid to speculate much in them, but one man told me that he once sold a table cover for eight shillings, and at another time for ten shillings. The goods are supplied to the street folk principally by three manufacturers, in Long Lane, Smithfield, Whitechapel Road, and Petticoat Lane. The vendors of the glazed table covers are generally considered among the smartest of the street folk, as they do not sell to the poor or in poor neighbourhoods, but at the better sort of houses and to the wealthier sort of people. Table covers are now frequently disposed of by raffle. I very seldom sell in the streets, said one man, though I one evening cleared four shillings by standing near the vinegar works in the city road and selling to the gents on their way home from the city. The public house trade is the best, and indeed in winter evenings and after dark generally there is no other. I get rid of more by raffling than by sale. On Saturday evening I had raffles for two covers which cost me one shilling and fourpence each. I had some trouble to get one shilling and ninepence for one, but I got up a raffle for the other, and it brought me two shillings, six members at fourpence each. It's just the sort of thing to get off in a raffle on a Saturday night, or any time when mechanics have money. A man thinks leastways i've thought so myself when i've been in a public-house raffle now i've spent more money than i ought to and there's the old woman to face but if i win the raffle and take the thing home why my money has gone to buy a nice thing and not for drink i may remark that in nearly all raffles got up in this manner the article raffled for is generally something coveted by a working man but not so indispensably necessary to him that he feels justified in expending his money upon it this fact seems well enough known to the street-sellers who frequent public-houses with their wares. I inquired of the informant in question if he had ever tried to get up a raffle of his table-covers in a coffee-shop as well as a public-house. "'Never with table-covers,' he said, "'but I have with other things, and find it's no go. In a coffee-shop people are quiet and reading, unless it's one of them low places for young thieves and such-like.' and they've no money very likely and i wouldn't like to trust them in a raffle if they had in public houses there's talk and fun and people's more inclined for a raffle or anything spicy that offers there are now fifteen regular street sellers or street hawkers of these table covers in london four of whom are the men's wives and they not unfrequently go around together sometimes on fine days there are twenty i heard of one woman who had been very successful in bartering table covers for old clothes i've done a little that way myself said a man in the trade but nothing to her and people sees into things so now that there's hardly a chance for a crust the covers is so soft and shiny and there's such fine parrots and birds of paradise on them that before the price was known there was a chance of a good bargain i once got for a cover that cost me two shillings and ninepence a greatcoat that a jew after a hard bargaining gave me six shillings and threepence for the prices of the table covers wholesale run from eight shillings a dozen to thirty shillings but the street sellers rarely go to a higher price than eighteen shillings they can buy a dozen or a half dozen or even a smaller quantity 
of different sizes some of these street traders sell with the table covers a few wash leathers of the better kind calculating that fifteen street sellers each take twenty-five shillings weekly the year round one half being the profit including their advantages in bartering and raffling we find nine hundred and seventy-five pounds expended yearly upon japanned table covers bought in the streets of the street sellers of braces belts hose trouser straps and waistcoats the street sellers of braces are a numerous and a mixed class they are nearly all men and the majority are irishmen but this relates only to the itinerant or public-house brace sellers these wares are sold also by street traders who make other articles the staple of their trade such as the dog collar sellers the braces sold thirty years ago were of a very different manufacture from those vended in the streets at present india rubber web was then unknown as a component part of the street braces the braces which in some parts of the country are called gallowses were at the time specified made of a woollen web both washable and durable one pair of such braces good ones said an old tailor with whom i had some talk on the subject would last a poor man his lifetime now they're in a rope or in rags in no time these woollen braces were sold at from one shilling to two shillings the pair in the streets the straps being of good firm leather not long after this period a much cheaper brace web was introduced a mixture of cotton with the woollen and the cheap manufacture gradually supplanted the better article as respects the street trade the cheaper braces were made with sheepskin straps which soon yielded to friction and were little serviceable the introduction of the india rubber web was another change in the trade and the manufacture has become lower and lower priced until the present time the braces sold in the streets or hawked in the public houses are however not all of the very inferior manufacture some are called silk others buck leather and others knitted cotton the silk are of a silken surface with an admixture of cotton and india rubber the buck leather a kind now very little known in street sale are of strong sheepskin dressed buck leather fashion and the knitted cotton are woven some kinds of them being very good and strong the street brace sellers when trying to do business in the streets carry their goods generally with a few belts and sometimes with hose in their hands and across their arms they stretch them from end to end as they invite the custom of passers-by to evince the elasticity and firmness of the web sometimes the braces are slung from a pole carried on the shoulder the sellers call at the public-house bars and tap-rooms some are admitted into the parlours and at a well-frequented gin-palace i was informed by a manager of one a brace-seller will call from twelve to twenty times a day especially on a monday while on a saturday evening they will remain two three or four hours accosting fresh customers at the gin palaces the young and strong irishmen offering these wares and there are many such are frequently scoffed at for selling braces and things a baby can carry the following account which i received from a street brace seller shows the class who purchase such articles i was put to a carriage lamp maker the man said at birmingham but soon ran away nobody saw after me for i had only an uncle and he left me to the parish it was all my own fault i was always after some idle end though i can read very well it seems as if i couldn't help it being wild i mean i ran away to worcester 
without knowing where i was going or caring either i was half starved in worcester for i lived as i could i found my way to london afterwards i've been in the streets ever since at one thing or the other how many years i can't say time goes so quick sometimes and sometimes so slow and i'm never long in one place i've sold braces off and on ever since amato won the derby if you know when that was i remember it because i went to epsom races that year to sell race cards when i came to london after the races i laid out twelve shillings in braces i hardly remember how many pairs i bought for it but they wasn't such common things as i'm carrying now i could sell a few then at from ninepence to one shilling and threepence a pair to the cads and people at such places as the elephant and the flower pot in bishopgate street which was a great bus place then i used to sell too to the helpers in inn yards and a few in the mews the helpers in the mews mostly buys knitted cotton i've got one shilling and sometimes one shilling and sixpence for an extra article from them but now i don't carry them there's no demand there you see many of them work in their shirts and the head coachman and grooms which is often great turks would blow up if the men had dirty braces hanging to their buttons so they uses what'll wash nearly all my business now is done at public houses i go from one tavern to another on my round all day long and sell in the street when i can i think i sell as many at fivepence and at tenpence as at all other prices together and most at fivepence but when i have what i call a full stock i carry em from fourpence to twenty pence the poorer sort of people such as wears braces for there's a many as does without em likes the one penny out of sixpence and the others the tuppence out of the shilling it tempts em it's a tiresome life and not so good as costermongering for i once did tidy well in apples but in the brace trade you aren't troubled with hiring barrows and it's easy carried on in public houses in wet weather and there's no stock to spoil i sell all to working people i think sometimes an odd pair or two at one shilling and sixpence or so to a tradesman that may happen to be in a bar and likes the look and the price or to a gentleman's servant i make from one shilling to one shilling and sixpence a day full one shilling and sixpence if i stick close to it i may make two shillings or two shillings and sixpence a week too in selling belts and stockings but i only sometimes carry stockings perhaps i clear nine shillings a week the year round there's lots in the trade don't clear a shilling a day for they only carry low-priced things i go for fourpence profit on every shilling's worth i sell i've only myself to keep i pay threepence a night at a lodging-house and nothing on sundays i had a young woman with me when i was a coster but we didn't agree and parted she was too fond of lifting her hand to her mouth note, tippling, end note, to please me i mean to live very near this week and get a few shillings if i can to try something at greenwich next monday this was said on the tuesday in passion week the braces are bought by the street sellers at the swag shops i have described the prices range from one shilling and sixpence for common children's to twelve shillings a dozen three shillings three shillings and sixpence six shillings and sixpence and seven shillings being the most frequent prices higher priced articles are also sold at the swags and by the street sellers but not one in twenty of these compared with the lower priced in london and its suburbs and on rounds of which the metropolis forms the central point and at stands there are i am assured not fewer than five hundred persons vending braces of these a twentieth portion may be women and a tenth old and sometimes infirm men there are few children in the trade the stall-keepers selling braces with other articles are about one hundred 
and of the remainder of this class those who are not irishmen are often impoverished mechanics such as tailors brace vending being easily resorted to and carried on quietly in public houses and it does not entail the necessity of bawling aloud to which a working man driven to a street life usually feels repugnance calculating that five hundred brace sellers clear five shillings a week each on those articles alone and estimating the profit at thirty-three per cent it shows a street expenditure of three thousand nine hundred pounds one brace seller considered that five hundred such sellers was too low a number but the most intelligent i met with agreed on that estimate the belts sold in the street are nearly all of stout cotton web with india rubber threads and usually of a drab colour woollen belts being rarely ever seen now they are procured in the same way and sold by the same parties as are braces the amount expended on belts is from the best information i can command about an eighth of that expended on braces the belts are sold at one shilling each and cost eight shillings the dozen or ninepence each if only one be purchased the street sale of hose used to be far more considerable than it is now and was in a great measure in the hands of a class who had personal claims to notice independent of the goodness of their wares these were old women wearing generally large white aprons and chintz patterned gowns and always scrupulously clean they carried from door to door in the quieter streets and in the thin suburbs stockings of their own knitting such they often were and those which were not were still knitted stockings although they might be the work of old women in the country who knitted by the fireside needing no other light on winter evenings and at the doors of their cottages in the sunshine in summer of these street sellers some were blind between thirty and forty years ago i am told there were from twelve to twenty blind knitters but my informant could not speak with certainty as he might probably observe the same women in different parts the blind stocking sellers would knit at a door as they waited the informant i have quoted thought that the last of these knitters and street sellers disappeared upwards of twenty years ago as he then missed her from his door at which she used to make her regular periodical appearance the stockings of this trade were most frequently of white lamb's wool and were sold at from three shillings and sixpence to five shillings and sixpence they were long in the leg and were suited for gentle people's winter wear the women sellers made in those days i am assured a comfortable livelihood the sale of stockings is now principally in the hands of the men who vend braces and so on the kind sold is most frequently unbleached cotton the price to a street buyer is generally from sixpence to ninepence but the trade is of small extent it's one of the trades a street seller said to me that we can't compete with shopkeepers in you shall go to a haberdashery swag shop and though they have wholesale haberdashers and hawkers supplied on the doorpost you'll see a pair of stockings in the window marked with a very big and very black six and a very little and not half black three-quarters and if i was to go in they'd very likely ask me six shillings and sixpence a dozen for an inferior thing they retail themselves and won't be undersold if they can help it and so they don't care to accommodate us in things that's always going a few pairs of women's stockings are hawked by women and sold to servant maids but the trade in these goods i am informed including all classes of sellers of whom there may be fifty does not exceed 
notwithstanding the universality of the wear, the receipt of six shillings weekly per individual, with a profit of from one shilling and fourpence to two shillings, and an aggregate expenditure of about eight hundred pounds in the year. The trade is an addition to some other street trade. The brace-sellers used to carry with their wares another article, of which india-rubber web formed the principal part. These were trouser-straps, with leather buttonings and ingy spring bodies. It was only, however, the better class of brace-sellers who carried them, those who, as my informant expressed it, had a full stock, and their sale was insignificant. At one time the number of brace-sellers offering these straps was, I am informed, from seventy to one hundred. "'It was a poor trade, sir,' said one of the class. "'At first I sold at fourpence, as they was sixpence in middling shops, and one shilling in the toppers, if not one shilling and sixpence, but they soon came down to threepence and then to tuppence. My profit was short of threepence in one shilling. My best customers for braces didn't want such things. Plain-working men don't and grooms and stable-keepers generally wears boots or knee-gaiters, and footmen sports knee-buckles and stockings. All I did sell to was, as far as I can judge, young mechanics as liked to turn out like gents on a Sunday or an evening, and real gents that wanted things cheap. I very seldom cleared more than one shilling a week on them. The trade's over now. If you see a fewer to stand, it's the remains of an old stock, or some that a swag-shop has pushed out for next to nothing to be rid of them. The sale of waistcoats is confined to Smithfield, as regards the class I now treat of, the sellers of articles made by others. Twelve or fourteen years back there was a considerable sale in what was a branch of duffing. Waistcoats were sold to countrymen, generally graziers' servants, under the pretense that they were of fine silk plush, which was then rather an object of rustic Sunday finery. A drover told me that a good many years ago he saw a countryman, with whom he was conversing at the time, pay ten shillings and sixpence for a silk plush waistcoat, the vendor having asked fifteen shillings, and having walked away, no doubt remarking the eagerness of his victim, when the countryman refused to give more than ten shillings. He had a customer set for it, he said, at half a guinea. On the first day the waistcoat was worn, the drover was afterwards told by the purchaser, it was utterly spoiled by a shower of rain, and when its possessor asked the village tailor the value of the garment, he was told that it had no value at all. The tailor could not even tell what it was made of, but he never saw anything so badly made in his life, never. Some little may be allowed for the natural glee of a village tailor on finding one of his customers, who no doubt was proud of his London bargain, completely taken in but these waistcoats, I am assured by a tailor who had seen them, were the veriest rubbish. The trade, however, has been unknown, unless, with a few rare exceptions, at a very busy time, such as the market for the show and sale of the Christmas stock since the time specified. The waistcoats now sold in Smithfield Market, or in the public houses connected with it, are, I am told, and also by a tailor, very paltry things but the price asked removes the trade from the imputation of duffing. These garments are sold at from one shilling to four shillings and sixpence each, but very rarely four shillings and sixpence. The shilling waistcoats are only fit for boys, or youths, as the slop tailors prefer styling them, but one shilling and sixpence is a common price enough, and seven-eighths of the trade, I am informed, is for prices under or not exceeding two shillings. 
the trade is moreover very small there are sometimes no waistcoat sellers at all but generally two and not unfrequently three the profits of these men are one shilling on a bad and two shillings and sixpence on a good day as at intervals these street sellers dispose of a sleeve waistcoat waistcoat with sleeves at from four shillings and sixpence to six shillings we may estimate the average earnings in the trade at five shillings per market day or ten shillings in the week this shows an outlay of seventy eight pounds in the year as the profits of these street traders may be taken at thirty three per cent or as it is almost invariably worded by such classes fourpence in the shilling the material is of a kind of cotton made to look as stout as possible the back and so on being the commonest stuff they are supplied by a slop-house at the east end and are made by women or rather girls the sale of waistcoats in the street markets and so on is of second-hand goods or otherwise in the hands of a distinct class there are other belts and other portions of wearing apparel which though not of textile fabrics as they are often sold by the same persons as i have just treated of may be described here these are children's patent leather belts trouser straps and garters the sellers of children's and men's belts and trouser straps are less numerous than they were for both these things i am told but only on street authority are going out of fashion from one elderly man who had dropped belts and straps and all that for oranges i heard bitter complaints of the conduct of the swag shopkeepers who supplied these wares the substance of his garrulous and not very lucid complaint was that when boys patent leather belts came into fashion eleven twelve or thirteen years back he could not remember which the usual price in the shops was one shilling and they were soon to be had in the streets for sixpence each the belt sellers did well for a while but the swags who according to my informant at first supplied belts of patent horse leather came to substitute patent sheep leather for them which were softer and looked as well the consequence was that whenever the sheep leather belts were wet or when there was any pull upon them they stretched and the polish went to cracks after having been wet a few times too they were easily torn and so the street trade became distrusted it was the same with trouser straps the belt trade is now almost extinct in the streets and the strap trade which was chiefly in the hands of old and infirm and young people is now confined to the sellers of dog collars and so on the trouser straps are not glazed or patent leather now but plain calf sold at twopence a pair generally and bought at from one shilling and twopence to one shilling and fourpence the dozen pairs many readers will remember how often they used to hear the cry three pair for sixpence three pair for sixpence a cry now i believe never heard among the belt and strap sellers were some blind persons one man counted to me three blind men whom he knew selling them and one sells them still attached to the rails by st botolph's church bishopsgate the same persons who sold straps and so on not including the present sellers the dog-collar men and so on had lately no small traffic in the vending of garters the garter sellers were however far more numerous than ever were the strap sellers at one time i am told there were two hundred garter sellers all old or infirm or poor women or children and chiefly irish children as these children were often stockingless and shoeless their cry of penny a pair india rubber garters penny a pair 
was sometimes pitiful enough as they were offering a cheap article unused by themselves the sudden influx of garters so to speak was owing i am told to a manufacturer having discovered a cheap way of working the india rubber threads and having thrown a lot into the market through the swag shops the price was at first eight shillings a gross eightpence a dozen but as the demand increased it was raised to nine shillings and nine shillings and sixpence the trade continued about six weeks but has now almost entirely ceased the stock of garters still offered for sale is what stall-keepers have on hand or what swag shopkeepers tempt street sellers to buy by reducing the price the leather garter trade one penny a pair being the usual price for sheepskin garters is now almost unknown it was somewhat extensive end of section sixty eight